This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. The grain market traded narrow ranges this past week before ending the day slightly lower on Friday. Zaner Group Ag Hedge Lead Ted Seifert, there is some worry about next year's corn acreage given the sharply higher input costs. Certainly we're thinking, okay, more soybeans, and so we talk about how the bullish story for corn might be getting more bullish, and the story for soybeans might be getting less and less bullish. I will say there's a lot of time left. I know a lot of guys like to book their fur, you know, at this point in time. Uh, but look at natural gas. And, I mean, the day we had yesterday was a huge key reversal to the downside. Could that say that natural gas is topping at this point? I don't really know. Because if I look at a, a, a Nymex natural gas chart, I feel like there's more upside potential. But then I look at the London natural gas, which is what we seem to be following, and that looks really toppy. So not sure on that. And the grain markets continue to trade both sides of unchanged ahead of Tuesday's supply-demand report. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says this corn market has been following wheat. Wheat wasn't able to hold, and so that kind of pulled the corn market down. But uh, there again, the big stellar bull is the oats market closing up a whopping 31 cents. And uh, in all kind uh, highs, the corn uh, oats spread in all-time highs, so you have one big bull going. And Rose says that oats market is trying to ration demand. But I tell you, you're in uh, what what uh, often is referred to as the blow-off in the oats market. You really have to go high enough to just plain outright push oats out of a feed type of ration. So that's what we're trying to do short term. Then we're going to look at the uh, acres um, You know, next year. Certainly you're going to try and build a lot of uh, cor- uh, soybean or oat acres out there. So um, that's what you're looking for, some kind of a exhaustion type of top. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says the supply-demand report on Tuesday will be a major focus for traders. That WASI report is going to be the big focus because you're leaning into this report expecting to see bigger carryout levels. One, because of the quarterly stocks report coming up with more bushels on hand for both corn and soybeans. And then also just there's a lot of private estimates on there that you could see yields start to increase just slightly. Utterback Marketing President Bob Utterback says the hog market also continues to worry about African swine fever. Uh, everybody is starting to get very fearful about all the Haitians moving in and all the uh, immigration coming in the southern border. And with the African swine fever and the very nonchalantness checking of uh, the immigrants, the feeling is growing and greater anxiety, especially in the hogs, that African swine fever is eventually going to hit the United States. And if that happens, that will import our exports. So, and we've rallied up, and with the inventory numbers are down, everybody is scared to death about African swine fever and uh, are wanting to put some level of foot protection or some type of level of protection needs the market as catastrophic. Corn Belt Marketing Market Analyst Sam Hudson says the livestock market also continues to try to find a bottom. Beef prices continue to flounder a bit, but I think they're looking for a seasonal low. Uh, when we saw we had the equity uh, washout here, uh, what was it you know a week or ten days ago? Here we've seen a lot of volatility in the cattle on the you know back end of that, and we just know that we've had enough numbers here for the short term. So I think uh, at this point, you know, uh, the goal is to get uh, December back around that 200-day moving average, uh, or excuse me, 100-day moving average up around 130 to 131, and up in that region, I, I think the market's going to stall out and probably chop around again until the end of the year, until we have a better indication on what demand looks like, uh, you know. And we'll get the October supply-demand report from USDA on Tuesday. Let's look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. 
A lot of things have changed over the years since cooperatives first took hold in North Dakota, but one thing that hasn't changed is the spirit of cooperation. For over 90 years, Farmers Union has championed that spirit in the member-owned cooperatives that provide valuable services and products to all North Dakotans. Join Farmers Union in celebrating the cooperative spirit that is alive in our communities and in us all. Because if it's October, it's Co-op Month. Serving farmers from Foston, Monoman, Ada, Crookston, and Thief River Falls to Jamestown, Langdon, Devils Lake, Castleton, Mayville, and Grafton. This is the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA reports, farm policy, and trade issues. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it on the Red River Farm Network. Go online or on your smartphone to rrfn.com. You can click on news, podcasts, radio stations, and more. This Week in News, I'm Kara Hart for the Red River Farm Network. The last two years offered financial prosperity for local farmers. Looking ahead to 2022, Bell Bank Senior Vice President Lynn Paulson says there may be more profitability squeezes as expenses go up and revenue flattens. You know, input expenses are going to probably be up anywhere from 7 to 10 percent. Fertilizer prices, you know, who knows where those end up. That could change by spring, but they're clearly up significantly. You know, you have fuel and your chemicals, your seed, a lot of that is tied to oil. And right now we got crude approaching north of $80. Um, you know, everything is uh, affected by supply chain issues, right? Um, equipment costs, we know where they're at. Rents, you know, everybody kind of wants to renegotiate those a little bit too. So um, certainly a lot of headwinds on, on the expense side, no doubt. Paulson says farmers can set themselves up for success by knowing their cost of production and understanding how that fits into a longer-term plan. Farmers Grain and Elevator General Manager Todd Erickson is not expecting much fall fertilizer to be applied. Right now we don't even have a price for urea to quote them or anhydrous for now. We've been searching for prices for the last three weeks. Uh, by the time you get a quote and you start calling some producers for interest, those quotes are pulled and no longer available, and they come back on the board another $100 higher. And, and right now, the, I think the farmer's just in a state of shock. CHS Hedging Crop Nutrient Risk Management Consultant Chris Schwartz does not think the United States has seen yet the full ramifications of what's actually happening in the fertilizer supply situation. On nitrogen side of things, we will probably see quadruple the price of last year, whereas on the phosphate side, we're only up, you know, we're probably almost 450, almost 500 at this time last year. We're 650, 680 right now. There's $10 billion available for the USDA to help farmers going through weather-related disasters. Most of that will be coming to farmers and ranchers in another WIP Plus program. Livestock producers are also expected to get disaster help. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack tells the Red River Farm Network the agency is taking a closer look at the expansion of the WIP Plus program to make sure help is is going to all who qualify. North Dakota Senator John Hoven is staying in touch with the USDA and he hopes that WIP Plus program can be rolled out quickly. It's the disaster aid for livestock that could take more time to develop. Hoven is planning a roundtable discussion in North Dakota in the next few weeks to discuss. North Dakota Agriculture Commissioner Doug Goring says at this time there's still unknowns for dicamba use going into 2022. This is a stay tuned for everybody. I have no idea what they're going to come out with next, what they're going to say, do. I still believe this comes down to let us manage dicamba tolerant crops like we manage every other crop. We look at wheat species we're dealing with. We look at the size of those 
species, and then we treat accordingly. We need the label change. An EPA spokesperson tells the Red River Farm Network they're extremely concerned about the dicamba reports from 2021. The agency is working diligently to review and analyze dicamba complaints received. In the last few months, the Biden administration's been reviewing the U.S. and China trade relationship. Earlier this week, U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai outlined the path forward for the United States, starting with enforcement of the Phase 1 trade deal. China made commitments that benefit certain American industries, including agriculture, that we must enforce. Tai was very vague in her responses. The Senate approved a short-term fix to the debt ceiling this week. The measure passed with all Democratic votes and 11 Republican votes. The House will return from recess next week, and they're expected to take up the Senate's fix on Tuesday. Attention now shifts to the reconciliation package, otherwise known as the Build Back Better plan. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz issued a directive for the state agriculture and transportation departments to pursue a new clean fuel standard. Essentially, that's a low carbon fuel standard. That's a look at this week in news. I'm Kara Hart for the Red River Farm Network. Hi, I'm Andy Zank with Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Do you have a farm transition plan in place? Succession and retirement planning takes time, open communication, and a full team effort. Given the complexity, it's important to work with someone who understands all the ins and outs. At Ag Country, we'll create a plan that works for you and your family. To set up a consultation, contact your local Ag Country office today. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we will see a little pocket of additional cooling taking place in the northeast corner of North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. To South America, it looks like Argentina will be dry for a few more days, and Brazil will see scattered showers and thunderstorms benefiting many crop areas. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Megan Overby on the Red River Farm Network. The Dakotas and Minnesota into Iowa, Wisconsin, northern and western Illinois, and northern Missouri are expected to see heavy rains over the next week. World Weather Incorporated is expecting totals to range from 1 to 4 inches, with local amounts approaching 5 inches. World Weather also says crop quality reductions will be a concern in the wettest areas of the Dakotas, Minnesota, eastern Iowa, and neighboring states. And with that active weather pattern that's expected in the northern plains over the next 10 days or so, Nutrient Egg Solutions principal atmospheric scientist Eric Snodgrass says the longer-term weather outlook shows La Nina. That means a better chance for a colder, snowier winter. Last year was not one of those years, right? We had a La Nina, but we just kept missing all of the winter weather systems that delivered the snow. And as a consequence, we ended up with a huge deficit in snowfall a year ago. Well, this upcoming year, you know, you look at most long-range forecasts, and they're going to bite into that La Nina pattern and say, historically, there's better odds of it being a colder and snowier winter on average. But we all know how winter goes in North Dakota and the surrounding states, right? It is going to be up and down all the time. Get ready for chaos because that's usually what winter brings us anyway. Usually by now, there's already been a frost in the northern plains. Grand Forks based National Weather Service meteorologist Greg Gus says this year will easily move past some of the average time frames. Gus doesn't see the possibility of a frost in the short term forecast right now. We're not really in the uh, coming weeks, the next 
uh, six, seven days, we don't really have that in there. And if I look at the 8 to 14 day, you know, we still have warmer than normal here in the eastern part of North Dakota and across Minnesota. We start looking at the possibility above normal. Again, we're going to start seeing the typical fall transitional weather. We should have some rain coming in both this week and next. So the latter part of this week and into next week, uh, we have some good chances for getting rain. In. These last couple weeks of warmer than usual temps in October are drying out soils even more in North Dakota. Based at Devil's Lake, rock and roll agronomy owner Jason Hansen says it's getting tougher to get in the ground for soil sampling. It's getting tougher to core and get decent samples. you got to take more of them to get the ones that you want to put in the bucket. So I'm trying to get people to not, you know, let's not work anything. Let's leave it as is because this is kind of the scenario we ended up with last year, particularly soybeans because they use all that moisture late. Finley Farmers Grain and Elevator Company General Manager Todd Erickson says soybean harvest is starting to ramp up in the Finley, North Dakota area. We're still dumping some soybeans, the last maybe 10% of that acreage, and uh, today's the first day we'll dump more corn than soybeans, so uh, as the farmers are finishing up with soybeans, uh, they're transitioning right into corn, pleasantly surprised. Uh, with the quality and pleasantly surprised, it's basically dry out of the field in this area. Uh, a little disappointing in yields, but I think that was expected uh, um, based on the drought we had this summer. Farmers are making good harvest progress in the Ulan, Minnesota area. West Central Egg Services grain merchandiser Randy Zimmerman says the corn is coming in dry off the combine. Probably in that one, I'd say 40 to 160, maybe a little bit better. In some places you might find a field that does even better than that if they caught some of that timely rain. You get north of us into Norman County uh in uh, Monoman County, where they didn't get as much rain, the yields maybe drop off quite a bit and maybe into that 125 to 150. And that's been a look at weather here on the Red River Farm Network. Sarkovsk Relief Spot has been a challenge for sugar beet growers for years. I'm John Samdahl, sales manager with Beta Seed, and I know firsthand the impact Sarkovsk has on our growers and their bottom line. That's why I'm excited about a new ally in the battle against Sarkovsk. It's a new trait called CR Plus that balances disease tolerance with yields in a way no previous technology has. 60 years in the making, there's innovation bred into every seed. CR Plus is available, pending approval, in select beta seed varieties in our American Crystal Market for the 2022 growing season. Beta Seed, breeding confidence. October is National Co-op Month, celebrating the important role cooperatives play within our community. The Red River Farm Network joins with the North Dakota Farmers Union, Associated Milk Producers Incorporated, and its Dinnerbell Creamery brand. In this salute to cooperatives, the theme for this year's celebration is Build Back for Impact, highlighting how people work together to make an impact in our lives and our economy. The North Dakota Farmers Union and AMPI support the cooperative movement during October Co-op Month.